0: We do a podcast? What the fuck? You're now listening to the Fan Holes podcast. Failure to comply will result in termination. You have five seconds.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I'll totally listen to the Fan Holes podcast, the pop culture podcast, for the fans, by the fans. I'm listening to it right now at 2.09.
0: Three seconds.
1: What what are you talking about, man? I'm 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 listening to it. Don't you see the earbuds? I'm it's it's playing. Uh, na, 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 na. One second, termination executed. Ah! 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 Ah!
0: Ah! <laughs> Will someone call the goddamn fan holes?
1: Welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes
0: Podcast.
1: Uh, this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm your host, and joining me tonight are two very special, awesome fan holes. Shout out, guys.
2: Hey, it's Mike. You burn the money, you asshole. It's as good as Marked. You stupid, stupid asshole.
0: <laughs> and this is Tony Chainclaw. I'm just gonna have a lot of flashbacks where I remember my wife and kid before I died.
1: Hey, Tony. Tony, it's you. It's you. <laughs> it's you. Um, so if if you haven't figured out yet by our, our clues and subtle hints, we are going to be discussing RoboCop tonight. Uh, this is basically in anticipation of, and by the time you're hearing this, uh, there should be a uh, wonderfully epic RoboCop remake, reimagining, re-disasterish, Version of Robocop on the big screen. So, in honor of that, we just wanted to uh, shoot the shit about our favorite cyborg, half man, half machine cop tonight. There have been three feature films. Uh, There's been a TV series that's live action. There's been uh, two different cartoons. And there's been uh, a couple uh, TV movies based on, like, you know, sci fi type. Uh, TV movies and stuff like that So there's all that kind of material There's a bunch of different comic books and stuff From Marvel and Dark Horse And uh, Avatar and uh, Dynamite You know, all kinds of stuff like that And also there are, you know Probably, you know, all the fun arcade games And stuff like that But uh, I I think this will just be kind of a free-flowing type thing But uh, yeah, I mean, you know I think, uh, I guess we should start where the starting's good And uh, we'll discuss Alex Ross's favorite comic book movie ever that's not based on a comic book Alex Ross, so you're stupid. Robocop. So let's talk about <laughs> Robocop. That are alive, you are coming with me.
2: I know you You're dead. We killed you
0: We killed you I guess I'll chime in first. Uh, I'm not really sure when Mike saw this, obviously You know him being younger, he probably wasn't allowed to see it when it first came out. Um, The one thing I remember about RoboCop really hardcore was originally it was supposed to be like an NC-17 movie. Um, Yeah,
1: well, yeah. I guess back then they called it X rating. You know, like so it's like like there most times if it was X rated, it was either like you know pornography or you know whatever, just something really, really. You know, yeah. uh, considered torrid and lurid and that kind of stuff. You know, Alan Moore's, uh, uh, you know, comic books about uh, Dorothy and everybody getting getting freaky with it or something. You know, that was what was X-rated.
0: Yeah, um, this one was just so this, intense violence.
1: Yeah. yeah, in this case, it was just it was you know super 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 you know violent kind of action or whatever.
0: And yeah, so, yeah. literally whittle away your your hero <clears throat> in the opening scenes with guns, like seriously kill him piece by piece
1: (laughs) i mean that's certainly like like kind of like in you know things like gundam where you've got these villains that you just love to hate them you know i mean they definitely set up you know clarence boddicker and his whole gang as like you know they're you know you you love what they do per se but you really want to see them get their due you know you just want to see robocop kick the fucking crap out of them too yeah
0: Yeah, they're good villains, but you don't feel bad when they get their comeuppance. You're like, yeah, yeah I'm exactly. motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, mean, I guess I guess a quick overview, and then I'll let you two guys go ahead. It, the basic story of Robocop is there's this cop named Alex Murphy. One good cop, you know, and um, him and his patrol partner, Lewis, go out for uh, a standard patrol. Uh, as Derek mentioned, there's a pretty uh, messed up bad guy named Clarence Boddicker, who they're trying to take down. Uh, shit goes bad when they chase the guys into a warehouse and yeah Murphy gets totally just yeah like we said almost vaporized in a hail of bullets Uh, following that your uh, hero comes back to life in the RoboCop program and this all takes place in the future New Detroit um, which looks a lot like old Detroit Um, (laughs) nowadays Uh, it's a city riddled with crime and everybody's like you know like shit, you know, is is it the worst point is supposed to be, and then you know, RoboCop comes and he's he's you know the savior of the city, the technological titan who tries to you know right the wrongs and all that good stuff. And there's a lot of uh, other stuff in it, like you know, psychological stuff where Murphy remembers that he wasn't just RoboCop; he was Murphy, and all this other good stuff. But yeah, yeah, well,
1: I That's was the I thing. was like the, the the connection they always made with his son. You know, his son wants him to do the the you know
0: whatever. I draw. forget what the
1: The the, the science fiction program he watched with the whole, you know, gun twirl of his hero, you know, and he's like, oh, even before he leaves to go, you know, patrol the city with Lewis, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I got to get this right. You know, I got to I got to look good for my kid. You know, I got to do the Commander Cody or whatever the hell it was, you know. Gun DJ twirl. laser yeah yeah, yeah. it's like yeah i got to do the <laughs> dj laser twirl you know and stuff like that and that you know of course later becomes incorporated into you know even though robocop is is you know uh you know a great deal of machine you know there's still that human aspect to him where you see those moments you know where he you know there's a lot of pathos in that i guess you know remembering what you once had, you know, especially like think of it as like, you know, that's what I always think about. Like, like, you know, sometimes they have like stuff like cyborg on teen Titans. And he's like, you know, I I was just watching teen Titans go where he like takes over the whole Titans, you know, headquarters or whatever. And he's like, I'm all up in your, you know, game systems. This is great. Booyah. But, you know, sometimes I sit there and think about, I'm like, dude, you're like a machine from the neck down, you know? And it's like, okay. Yeah. Cyborg never has to go to sleep, but he can't ever like have sex with his girlfriend either, you know what I mean? So you're just kind of like, wow, yeah. like that's kind of, you know, if you actually stop and think about those kind of things, you know, there's yeah, like it, it, sounds, tough, it sounds
0: stupid, you know. but he can't like take a satisfying dump,
1: you know? <laughs> or, or yeah, whatever, whatever it means to be human, yeah, like there's a lot of things that that people take for granted, you know, that if you were, you know, if you were basically a, a robot from the neck down, or I guess, you know, in some cases, in some of the material I've I've read, you know, they kind of suggest, well, all they really did was just grab you know, Murphy's, like, skin and, like, staple it on to the front of this robot to give him, like, some sense, semblance of, of, you know, humanity so he didn't go absolutely batshit crazy. You know, like, when you think of it in those terms, it's kind of,
0: Yeah, if I remember the scene correctly, they uh, were doing the surgery and stuff, and they, like, said, we saved his face and his brain and his right arm, and they were just like, right arm, what do we need with that? Get rid of it.
1: Yeah, Chuck the arm. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I it's interesting you bring up the X rating though, because I think like when I first saw it, obviously I I'm, I'm guessing it's the same for you, Tony, but it was probably like the R rated version which is toned down. You know, like I don't think oh, I yeah. saw the X rated version until they released it on like, the, you know, they had like a Criterion collection or something, and I think I rented that from like the. The, the R-rated videos.
0: one was still pretty hardcore, though.
1: No, 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 no. They, yeah, they were both kind of hardcore, but yeah. I mean, but that, that X-rated one, it's just like, like you're saying, he, like, you pretty much see everything, you know, like the whole kind of mutilation of uh, of Alex Murphy's body, you know, in that scene. like, And then this is Paul Verhoeven, too, so I guess that's worth mentioning, you know. Like yeah. the guy who, you know, Starship Troopers with a lot that's of that call. kind of social commentary. And then before that, like... You know, I don't know if anybody's seen this or not, but it might be a good Fanhole's Dare is, uh, Flesh and Blood with, like, Rutger Hauer and Jennifer Jason Leigh. Have you guys seen that at all? That was, like, his first movie ever. Like, it's the most graphic, like, it's a fucked up movie. So, anyway.
2: Negative from him.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, so I guess that's what people have come to expect from, uh, from the director's work. You know, lots of graphic type stuff, um. But what about you Mike like do you, do you remember the first time you saw RoboCop or like was yeah, it I I saw
2: I saw it around the same time I saw like Predator and oh, stuff okay. like that when I was like my early teens I was or maybe not even like preteens like when I was like 10 or 12 or so around there and yeah, I was kind of like, wow, this is really violent. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not even sure which. I probably saw the R-rated version because I don't know if like back then they even had like a release of the like original uncut version or something. Yeah, I don't know
1: that I'm but, I'm, I'm mental enough to know like what the differences are. Yeah, but I know. I'm I was just, gonna I'm ask.
2: Just, I'm assuming like most
1: of I it mean, was probably blood and content. Like, like Yeah, I mean, H. T. F- even
0: stuff. like took out the shit from Transformers the movie, so I mean
2: yeah like it, it's not i I think it's all like I, I, I rewatched space. it I rewatched it this week and I wasn't like a, i didn't it didn't occur to me to check like if I was watching like the edited version or the uncut version well so. I, I
1: I don't know maybe speaking uh, for society as a whole and how it's gone for the shitter lately, I'm assuming it's all the uncut versions that are available now yeah, like because no, like, it, it probably doesn't even phase people anymore but yeah. uh, but at the time I guess it was a big deal you
2: know well like his death scene was definitely like still graphic and stuff. So, like, I was like, yeah, man, this was, I guess since I was still kind of, like, off-put by it, like, maybe it was the X-rated version since, like, you know, I I can't remember it that well because I haven't watched it in years, but...
0: There was some good acting in it, too, I mean, from that scene. I mean, like, uh, Peter Weller, he, he really plays, like, a guy who's getting tortured and... Of course, uh, uh, Boddicker, who's uh, a... Yeah, uh, Kurt, Kurt
1: was... smith man, he's easy Yeah, I, I
2: love Kurt Ward smith yeah, he's going to be in that movie. Bitches leave. Yeah, he's a complete jackass throughout the
1: whole
0: thing, but, but like Derek said, you like him on a certain level, but of course you want to see the bad guy lose, too, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. well,
1: I mean, now, it's it's one of those villains, like, you love to hate him, you know, You and, and you know what just, I, I, see him get I, I also... muffins.
2: I also really like for the villains, like they a lot, like they all die in like most of them at least die in really creative ways too. Yeah, a like guy yeah. crashes into the toxic waste. Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, can for, you fly, Bobby? <laughs> and yeah, can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> oh, even like Dick Smith
0: at the end, he dies in a pretty cool way. He gets riddled with bullets and falls okay. out of a like million-story building. Yeah.
2: I work for Dick Jones. I work for Dick Jones.
0: <laughs> Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up, especially since... Ronnie,
1: Ronnie Cox was pretty good in that movie, too. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I forgot about that. That is, Ronnie, that is Ronnie Cox. Did you guys like the aesthetic, like how everything looked, like how RoboCop looked and, like, ED-209 and all that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought all those were, like, fun fun things. Like, And I guess this was back before, you know, the uh, plethora of CGI and stuff, so this was still all kind of, you know, ED-209 was still kind of that whole stop-motion on, you know, kind of like blue screen type you know, yeah. magic and stuff like that, you know, I mean, In a it's,
2: war, it's interesting,
1: yeah. yeah,
2: I always, I always love the fact that its big weakness was it couldn't walk downstairs, Stairs. yeah, <laughs> it's like, it shares the same weakness as <laughs> Professor, Professor X, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now I hear that music from all those like uh, YMTMDs, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but yeah,
1: no, I, I, I think it's a, I think you touched on some good things. I mean, the, the deaths for the villains, like I, I remember always thinking like, how come, like, I think it was like ever since the emperor got thrown down the Death Star shaft, it was like all these bad guys always like fall to their deaths, you know, it was like (laughs) in Die Hard, the bad guy falls to his death, you know, like in, you know, basically like I, I would always go to movies and if somebody doesn't fall to their death, I was like. Thumbs up, you know, because like they didn't just fall <laughs> off a building, you know, like Skeletor, you know, all these guys just would like fall oh, off Indiana
0: Jones, you know? of yeah. Guy. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, like, stuff like that. So, like, to me, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, and, and I guess that, that scene where the guy, you know, he gets dumped into the toxic waste and then he's so malleable, he like just splatters all <laughs> over the damn car. Like, it's just like that, that obviously, you know, would haunt. Many a child's memory, I'm sure. You know, like the way that guy went out, where he's just like kind of like. Whoa. And,
0: and I love the fact that in that in that future, everybody's so jaded and not giving a shit, they just fucking turn on the windshield wipers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh
0: oh well, <laughs> get them, get that dude on my window.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of social commentary going on in the background, you know? Uh, you know. And I guess for me, what's funny about it is is the way I've been thinking about it is I think that commentary carries over into all the incarnations, you know, whether it's like cartoons or, you know, the TV show, like they've got those funny commercials, like that crack me up, like the commander cash commercials where it's like, they're like, commander cash. And it's like, you've got to eat red meat. You know, it's like women think when you eat red meat, it's sexy, you know, and like all these like funny ass commercials and stuff. But like, I I don't know. I'll
0: buy that for a dollar. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, like, all, all that kind of stuff, but I, I guess now I'm starting to, it was funny, like, I think back then, like, because that was released in, what, like, 86, 87? Yeah, it was eighty six,
0: eighty seven, 87, you know, somewhere around.
1: Something like that, like, back then, to me, it was, like, a parody of life, but I don't know, now, like, living in, you know... 2013, or I guess when this is released, you know, 2014 as we are, you know, like, I'm, I'm like, it doesn't seem so much like a parody anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I feel like society has finally degenerated to the point where we've caught up with, like, mindless RoboCop uh, uh, society or whatever, you know? I like like I said, like New Detroit flash. was supposed
0: to be all, like, you know, <clears throat> futuristic and stuff, and I'm like, eh, Detroit's pretty much like that now, except for, like, there's no big-ass building. <laughs> you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary.
0: Oh, well. I think the only thing I have to say about it is um, I don't know if I agree with Alex Ross's it was the best comic book movie of all time but uh, it was definitely it's definitely one of my favorite sci-fi movies it's, 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 I, gotta, like,
1: I gotta find that quote somewhere I know what, what I've possesses
2: been, him to say that? Like, well I,
1: I, think, I think he's just trying to be different and ornery because um, he's Alex Ross um, and of course because he thinks that like Spider-Man shouldn't actually have dialogue in comic books because Spider-Man didn't Physically talk an electric company or whatever. Like he just, he says like weird shit every once in a while where you're just like, I will never blah 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 blah. Or like I for him, that, like when the the Justice League ended is like pre Firestorm for some reason. So yeah, like he, he's, got he's got a lot like, of, he's got a lot, friend, of yeah.
2: he's got a lot of he's got a lot of weird like quirks about, you know. I don't know. I thought he'd have some kind of reasoning for it. Like like, well, he his reason- like, his, like his, John his... Byrne would say that like He-Man is a great, like new gods movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something. Well, I think it was the same thing like that, but, but to me at least John Byrne put that as like his number three movie and the top two were like the Rocketeer and uh, Superman, the movie, I think. And then you got to think about when, what date they were saying that in. Cause it's like, I'm sure that Alex Ross thing was from some interview when like, you know, Probably the X-Men movie had just come out, so there were no, like, you know, all these epic comic book movies that people are thinking about that have happened, you know, over the last 14 years or whatever, probably hadn't been released at the time, but I think his rationalization was, okay, well, you've got a guy, you've got some bad event that happens to him, and yeah, then he's, like, like suited up, origin, you, you know, know, I mean, I mean, they, they, it, it seems like, you know, it's a natural kind of, you know, now he's kind of out for his his revenge, per se, you know, like, that kind of thing. I mean, he gets transformed, you know, into this super, yeah, super powerful power, strong right. guy, you know, like that kind of thing like and you know, and then and then I was like, you know, that's that's kind of what probably possessed him to say that other than you know, trying to give like a different answer just to be different probably. You know, if everybody was saying like, you know, oh, you know, Superman the movie, Superman the movie, or, you know, whatever whatever the popular answer was. He probably just wanted to have something off the wall. And, of course, that was, like, the biggest quote in the whole article when they're asking all these comic book professionals, like, what their favorite, you know, comic book movie is, you know. So.
2: Yeah, and Alex Ross
0: thinking outside the box. My favorite comic book movie is the uh, Shaggy DA. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, he has a tragic origin. He turns into a dog, and he solves crimes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude, it's it's Shaggy D A and Detective Chimptima, right? Exactly you know, <laughs> going on right now. But yeah, so so RoboCop, um, you know, is you know RoboCop is a pretty epic movie. I mean, I I, I can see why why people like it. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, but you know, I tend to think of it more as like an action, you know, science fiction type based movie. Um, and, and then it spawned all kinds of stuff. I, I might jump around a bit here, but the thing I think besides the first movie that really cemented RoboCop in my mind was uh, the, the Marvel Studios or Sunbow
2: cartoon. After being mortally wounded in the line of duty, Officer Murphy is outfitted by OCP with bulletproof titanium robotic parts and with computer-enhanced motor and sensory capabilities. He has become the ultimate super cop. RoboCop.
1: and that was always airing on like the marvel action hour so you'd get to see like robocop
0: and
2: the ultra police
1: well it'd be like it'd be like you'd see uh you know spider-man and his amazing friends and then i'd like you know i don't know sleep through dino riders or whatever and then like robocop would come on you know and i'd be like yeah you know and i'd be all excited because at the time i think spider-man and his amazing friends were reruns so, for me, it was like, you know, not having things like, uh, you know, home video, or I guess, you know, it's not like VCRs didn't exist or anything, but, like, it's not like they released that stuff on home yeah. video at the time. So, to get to a chance to see those episodes again of stuff that I watched, you know, on ABC or NBC or whatever the hell network it was on when I was growing up as a kid on... uh you know, Saturday mornings or whatever, it was really cool, so, and then, and then the Robocop cartoon was, to me, it was just as cool, I mean, yeah, okay, they kind of used the whole Sunbow G.I. Joe laser bits and stuff like that, but, uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it, and then that kind of, you know, steamrolled into the whole Kenner toy line and things like that, so I had, I had, like, the little Robocop Kenner toy, and you could take his, his helmet off or whatever. Did, did they have,
0: like, cap-shooting actions? Yeah,
1: yeah, they were all, like, cap-type figures. I guess if, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, like, the, the easiest example I could think of is when Toy Biz first got the Marvel license, they had a Punisher action figure. And what it was was, is kind of like, instead of a cap gun, it was kind of like you were able to take off, like, a, a piece of the backpack almost, and it would fold out, and you could put these little paper strips in that had, you know, like caps in them or whatever. And so as, as the, the paper strip would slowly go down, you'd click on the backpack or whatever it was, kind of like you were cocking a gun or something. And when you'd snap it back into place, it would, you know, pop kind of like a little firecracker or cap gun or, or what have you, and the little smoke would come out of the backpack and everything, and it was like, oh, look, Robocop's, you know, shooting caps, you know. or whatever. You know, that, he's firing his
0: lasers.
1: He's yeah. busting a cap in crime's ass or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. so I will say that
0: the Sumo cartoon was really pretty much on par with G.I. Joe and Transformers. as like, yeah, nowadays it looks a little dated, but for the time it was pretty good damn animation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the I I like the animation on it. I mean, I guess maybe I'm I'm biased because I'm a, a child of that generation or whatever. But I always I always appreciated the character designs in there and the styles and everything like that. I mean, you know, and they they carried over some of the characters from from the films and stuff like that. Like you had Ann Lewis, and then you had that one SWAT guy who you know kind of was a minor role in the the movie, but he was always he was like Robocop's Flash Thompson or something. He was always giving them crap. He's like Robo. I hate your guts, and you're not a real dude, and ah, Where's you know, and a penis. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, it was always, like, he was always giving crap. It was kind of like he was almost like J. Jonah Jameson, because I, I remember eventually in an episode, it's like they built him this big, like, mech war suit, kind of like a spider slayer, but for RoboCop, and, like, he gets in it and tries to kick the shit out of RoboCop, but he ends up hurting Ann Lewis, and RoboCop, like, goes all ape shit and, like, rips him out of the, you know,
0: machine
1: (laughs) and it's like like, (laughs) he's
0: walking slightly faster
1: you know yeah well no i think i think in in the cartoon like robocop did not like walk like you know two miles an hour or whatever like he actually was a a bit quicker on the the animated show but yeah Yeah. i mean i i enjoyed it the the only thing i could never reconcile was like eventually clarence boddicker shows up to fight with him because I guess it's a TV show, and like they needed somebody to fight with him, and it's like, oh, this is the guy who killed me, and it's like, okay, but I'm like, I, I, I just, of course, I'm flashing back to when he, you know, did his big, you know, super middle finger move and, you know, stabbed Clarence jugular. jugular, and like he dies. So I was always like, as a kid, I was just kind of like, how did that work exactly? I go, I did. Uh, it was like trying to reconcile like why Shockwave was like leader of the Decepticons in the comics and was all loyal <laughs> in the cartoon. Like it never, it never quite you know made any sense to me. So, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed that kind of stuff. And I, I guess you know in terms of the time frame, like this is true because you know Robocop Two hadn't quite been released yet. So I just kind of wanted to bring that up as you know some of my personal experience with Robocop. But I definitely think those the Kenner line and that Sunbow cartoon along with. You know the the monumental first film is what kind of solidified, you know RoboCop as kind of a a franchise and a property that that affected me as a as
2: a made, youth. Made the thing to you, yeah. Did you ever see the cartoon, Mike? Or not? Uh, no, not the original one. Yeah. And I've never owned a RoboCop toy, but I I kind of wish I did because he, he would have been a better like Cyclops <laughs> substitute than Metalhead was. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's got red eyes and a visor. He's like thin. he's like.
1: Dead or Alive, X-Men, you're coming with me. <laughs> Dead
2: or Alive. I'm going to have sex with Jean Grey. I don't know.
1: Um,
2: how long did that cartoon last? It not re- last long at all. It, it,
1: it's, it's about 13, like, half hours total. Like uh, So it's like, it, it was one of those things where, like, the, the Amazing Friends episodes were reruns. I don't know how long Dino Riders lasted, because I don't that know. That only
2: lasted, but, like, eight episodes. Yeah, so
1: it's like, I just remember seeing, like, the same things over and over again. But I guess because I was a kid, I probably didn't care. Or, you know, like I said, we didn't have VCRs or DVRs or anything like that. Well, we had VCRs, but you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like you were... But, you know, you knew it, yeah. how many episodes were. It's not like you're, like, looking on the Internet for episode guides and going, oh, shit, I saw this episode already. You just kind of got up and watched what you watched, you know? So. Yeah, and the
0: Marvel Action Universe had kind of a rotating cast of cartoons. There was, like, robotics and Bigfoot. and, and Yeah, Human sometimes
1: Boy. they would yeah they would rotate in other, like, Sunbow shows. Like, I remember the big deal one day was when they finally showed Pride of the X-Men, you know? so it was oh, like, yeah. It was like, oh, it was like Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, and then like it was like Dino Riders, and then instead of RoboCop that day, it was like Pride of the X-Men, and you're like, what the? What?
0: <laughs>
1: you're like, yeah, you're kind of pissed, and after you watch it, you're
0: like, that was awesome! <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you're like, awesome! But yeah, yeah, but yeah, at the time, you're like, what the where's RoboCop? But um anyway, yeah, so... Uh,
0: yeah, when, I think me and you both were talking about this before we started recording, like, RoboCop 2 is just kind of there...
1: You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be
0: used against you in a court of law. He's dead, Murphy. You have the right to an attorney. You're reading
1: Miranda to a corpse. I'm having trouble. I don't like RoboCop 2 and you know what's weird is I was debating like obviously I've been busy and I, I didn't have much time to prepare for this so a lot of this is just based on memory but I don't think I've seen RoboCop 2 since like I've seen it you know what I mean like that yeah, comes, yeah. I don't like it like
2: cool. I really
1: dislike it I mean my understanding of it is like you know obviously in the developmental stages you know it was a script written by Frank Miller which everybody was all hyped for and excited at least if you read comic books but my understanding was that that, you know, going through what we'll, you know, generously call the Hollywood developmental process, like, just turned into something probably very different than than what it originally started out as.
0: Yeah, Miller's been and, quoted many times saying, like, the RoboCop 2 experience is what turned him off of, like, doing things the Hollywood way when he makes movies.
1: Yeah, and and, and I think, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I can just see, like, that it, it felt like a film with a lot of... Cooks in the Kitchen. But it's odd, too, because you think, like, okay, well, Frank Miller's writing the script. Irving Kirshner, who directed, like, Empire Strikes Back and uh, Never Say Never Again. Like, you're like, well, those are great. You know, it's a great James Bond movie and a great Star Wars movie. Like, like, you'd think, like, look at all these names attached to it. Like, it's got to be good, but it's just not. You know, at least from my... From my vague recollections, like, I was not happy with the film, I didn't think it went anywhere, you know, like, I, I don't know, I just didn't enjoy it.
2: I, I, think I, I was just gonna say, like, I didn't see RoboCop 2 for, like, years and years, and t- after I saw the original one, and it was just kind of a thing where, like, me and friends were, like, hanging out on a Friday night, and we went to, like, major video to, like, date me, and, uh... What do you call it? We were. I was like, hey, I've never seen, like, the, any of the RoboCop sequels. And they're like, yeah, I don't think I have either. And, like, let's get RoboCop 2. And, like, we watched it. And, like, I think that was one of the first times where I was, like, uh, I guess, like, aware of, like, some kind of, like, lack of continuity with something, like, previously. Because I was kind of like, wait a minute. Like, I thought he got, like, his emotions back, like, at the end of the first one. Why is he, like, talking, like, you know, like a, like, you did like for most of that movie again yeah yeah yeah. and he got like a new look he was all shiny and yeah so i was kind of like this doesn't match up from what from my vague memories but
0: well i think one of the things i didn't like about it was and sadly i remember it rather well is the main focus wasn't even robocop it was the the flipping cane guy who is the bad guy and the reason it's called robocop 2 is because they want to make another RoboCop, so they have all these cops <clears throat> that they try it on. That's actually a funny scene. There's, like, three cops who they outfit as cyborgs, and they all come out of the uh, robot chamber, like, you know, and they all kill themselves because <laughs> they go crazy from the uh, uh, the process. And then they decide, well, let's think outside the box. Let's take somebody who doesn't care about killing people and is already kind of psychotic, and they decide to get a criminal, and that's this guy named Kane, who has a really... there's a lot of kind of... he has a very big kind of Jesus complex where he thinks he's I don't know, almost like a god already before he becomes a robot. And obviously, since he's a criminal, and I don't know why they didn't fucking think of this, when he becomes RoboCop 2, he just wants to kill things. Um... (laughs) go figure, and then RoboCop, and it was just like, a good 45 minutes of that was like the whole Kane thing, it was like, we're gonna make Kane RoboCop 2, and if if he'd actually turned into like, something of an anti-RoboCop, who was like, you know, he was a cop, but he, would like, he was like, you know, a police officer, but he like, just was more vicious and brutal than RoboCop, and he had to take him down, it'd have been one thing, but no, he just goes batshit crazy, and you're like, so all this build up is just for a big fight at the end, and I didn't like the design either, the, the RoboCop 2 design looked really stupid.
1: It was weird, like, it was kind of like a Spider Slayer design almost, right? Because you could see his face in the little view screen or whatever sort Yeah, of. yeah. He had, like, this weird
0: knight yeah. helmet, but it would open up, and this fucking TV screen would come out and flip out, and you could see his face.
1: I think, I think this delves into some other side stuff that we can talk about, too. Kind of, you know, maybe jumping ahead, you know, many years or whatever. But two things it brings to mind is... You know, Avatar Press released uh, a nine-issue miniseries, which is billed as you know Frank Miller's RoboCop. Which I guess when they went back, you know, they they created this comic book based on Frank Miller's original draft screenplay before it went through all the you know the Hollywood process or whatever. So like some of those elements, like the the the, the failed cops, you know, that don't you know you know I guess you'd call them like RoboCop, you know. I don't know, one and a half or, you know, whatever those failed guys that <laughs> all shot themselves Point in the head, yeah. you know, like you can see those elements are still in the script, but it seems like I, you, you know, you kind of ask the question like, well, why didn't they know a criminal would go crazy? And it's like in, in Frank Miller's, you know, mini series or, or the draft where I guess Stephen Grant and these guys at avatar press, you know, created a comic book based on it or whatever, with his approval, you know, it, it seems like, there's a lot more, you know, of that social kind of commentary where they're trying to, you know, say like, hey, you know, this is part of an agenda. You know, they're trying to, you know, have a RoboCop that's more malleable to, you know, the whims and wills of, you know, the corporation and thus we're trying to find somebody who's more malleable than Alex Murphy. And then what's what you know, and of course, you know, I guess the people in charge, you know, which is this woman who starts out as this, you know, sort of militant protester, you know, somehow becomes, you know, one of the head people at, at OCP as well, you know, and so it's like, basically, it's one of those things where it, it sounds like it's one of those, you know, mother knows best kind of complexes, you know, so they like, to me, it makes a little more sense, you know, maybe than, than maybe the movie illustrated, you know, why, that would be the case, you know, and and it's not that she necessarily picked a criminal, because it seems like that original draft drew in a lot of elements from Robocop 3 with the whole strike and, like, the whole hiring mercenaries to replace cops and that kind of thing, so it's like, it seems like a lot of those elements from 2 and 3 were in that original draft, you know.
0: In 2, there was a character like that, but she was a doctor, she wasn't like a militant who joined Mm -hmm, us, and she was just like, she was fascinated by Kane. She thought he was so Right, right.
1: Yeah. He, he, yeah he I thought outside the that. It was almost like it was almost like she was she was one of his groupies, you know, for his his Jesus complex or something, you know. Yeah. Whereas whereas in this case the the woman in it is is very much more like uh what's her face in a dame to kill for. You know, she's very you know, she's basically the big bad. Like she actually implants herself into the Robocop two thing by the end of the you know the big fight at the the climax of the the avatar miniseries or whatever is her basically you know like wanting to fuck up robocop and she basically like i think robocop's like was kind of cool about that is by the end of it like robocop's like here erase everything because what she does is she puts in like you know how, like, RoboCop has those three parameters where it's like serve the public trust, uphold the peace, protect the innocent, and then, you know, OCP threw in that, like, don't fuck with OCP, and they had to get yeah. rid of that movie, you know, at the first movie so he can kill Dick Jones? Well, th- there were only three directives, but in the miniseries, like, Frank Miller's original concept was, you know, this woman's such a, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, it seemed to me like she was a leftist, fascist-type personality so instead of it being those three directives she made it like 1181 directives where it's like <laughs> you know you got to be socially pro-conscious you know like the kids are like graffitiing robocop's back and uh, and calling them like you know they're like fuck you faggot cop or whatever they you know they say all this nasty stuff to them and uh and then robocop's like uh, you should think pro consciously and not say bad things, cause bad things are negative and negative feelings are not good. And they're like, they're like great PR, Robo. Keep talking about social consciousness, you know. In the meantime, yeah. the kids are still graffitiing his back and doing stupid shit, you know. But yeah, like, anyway, I guess the
0: cop, if you ran across a drug dealer, you shoot him in the nuts. he be like, don't do <laughs> right, drugs. <laughs> right, right.
1: So, so no, it's just it's funny because. Cause that, that was her kind of mindset. And then by the end of it, you know, uh, he gets her to wipe his whole you know, all the directives clean. So it's, it's much more interesting because at this point, you know, basically he has no directives and he, he smashes her into a wall and her head's all on fire. And, you know, of course it's very, very violent, like the first movie. And then, you know, she wants to get back at him. So she sort of implants herself into the machine and they have this big, huge tussle and everything like that. And of course, you know, RoboCop wins, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, um, what's your face? Um, uh, what's her, Lewis, yeah, Lewis is like, so where are you going now? And he's like, well, I guess it's my choice, you know, because I don't have any more directives. So that's how the the movie ends, except for or the the Avatar thing ends, except for you know, he's still, I guess, a cop at heart, so he's still going to go out there and fight the good fight, but he yeah, doesn't he's have to do it his way. He doesn't have those original directives, you know. Which was, I, like,
0: what are you going to go do now,
1: Murphy? What?
0: Oh, sorry, I was thinking the last
1: one. <laughs> yeah yeah well well, the other thing I found interesting is he totally like uh plops a big wet one on her too, I think, in that, like oh, nice. you know, he doesn't have the directives anymore, and I guess he doesn't care or whatever you yeah. know um so there there are a lot of interesting things about that uh mini series. I know Mike said he was reading up on it. I mean, I'm curious, like what did you think of it like did you have any thoughts on that? like I know we don't have very many fresh memories of maybe how it compared to Robocop two or Robocop three, but we could talk about it a little, I guess.
2: Well I definitely like sense the Millerisms in it and like it definitely seems like a really like like direct adap- adaptation from Miller's like you know original script and I don't know maybe I would have liked it a lot better if Miller had actually like drawn it yeah, but, yeah. like it, like it seems like the violence was like way too like like realistic. Drawn, I guess I don't know, like I think it would have been better if Miller had drawn it, and he has a slightly more like cartoony style. I, I think that would have worked better for me. But The other
1: thing like, I thought was kind of funny about that is if, if you're hypersensitive to uh, uh, women being objectified or, or what have you in comics, like, it is kind of funny because it's like every five minutes, like, Lewis's shirt gets, like, torn off. Or yeah, whatever. I know. She's
2: got, like, like barely no clothes yeah, on by the it's end like, of that. Yeah. Like, sometimes
1: she's in her police uniform, and then all of a sudden it's like, Bikini
2: babe, like, stabbing motherfuckers, you know? And I'm just kind of like,
1: how did we get to that? Like, I don't know, but I guess it looks cool, you know? like So...
0: <laughs> should be called Ann Lewis's titties sorry Sarge
1: I fucked up forget it kid this guy's a
2: serious asshole
0: um, I, actually since you mentioned that real quick I'll, I'll throw this one in real quick uh, cause I didn't read a whole lot of them but there's also a Marvel comic out uh, I think shortly after the first movie yeah and yeah I think it was like their Max line or something like that. I think they it have...
1: was just a regular, it was actually a regular Marvel comic. Like, I think the way it broke down, I was just going to mention this, even though Brian's not on the show, because I wanted to give a shout out to Brian, our fellow fan hole. But the the way it broke down was there was a movie adaption of the first RoboCop film. And uh, just anybody who likes Ghost Rider, um, the art in it was by uh, Javier uh, I I think I'm saying that right. But um, um, so and he drew like a lot of the early uh, Howard Mackie, you know, Dan Ketch Rider stuff. So if you're a fan of that, you may enjoy that that movie adaptation. I remember I had the black and white magazine size one, but I think there was like a deluxe one where it was like in color or something like that. And then they adapted RoboCop 2. Now, even though we we're giving RoboCop 2 a bunch of shit as a movie, um, this is where the shout out to Brian comes in, because guess who did the pencils? on the RoboCop 2 movie adaptation.
0: Mark Bagley.
1: Mark (laughs) Bagley. So, yeah. So so Mark Bagley did the pencils on that. So if anything else, like RoboCop 2 movie adaptation has some Mark Bagley pencils. So if you're a fan of uh, Mark Bagley, you should go check that out. Um, But then after that, I think, is when they did the ongoing. And and this would be of interest to, uh, I guess, Transformer fans like all of us. Because originally, I think Alan Grant wrote, like, the first ten issues. And then there was, like, a fill-in. But guess who took over after Alan Grant? Andrew Waldman? Uh no, the writer. Writer. Oh, writer? Uh Woody Simon Furman. Simon Furman. So <laughs> wow. Simon Simon Furman wrote like the last kind of twelve or thirteen issues of it or whatever. Yeah,
0: I think it was like thirty or forty issues.
1: Mm, it was like twenty something. Like twenty was, something
0: issues? Okay. Yeah, it
1: wasn't it wasn't that long. I think it was like twenty two. Yeah. Four something like that. I read but, like the first arc
0: with like the next cops, and I
1: was about yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what I bought. I, I only bought a couple issues. But what's interesting is I think later um, you're talking about like how it would have been cool if they. Th- this is the other thing I wanted to dovetail that you mentioned when you were talking about RoboCop too. Is um, you, you said how it would have been cool if there was like an anti RoboCop created, and the two things it made me think of was there there was some kind of weird anti RoboCop made in Simon Furman's run, where it was like some kind of weird, you know, uh, spiky, dark, you know, like evil, anti-vengeance, Venom version of Robocop or whatever <laughs> in that in that comic book, um, which I thought was kind of interesting and, and worth mentioning. And then the other thing um, was this, this is kind of jumping ahead, way ahead a little bit, but the uh, the sci-fi movies I was talking about, called uh, it's called Prime Directives, and they've got, like, four different sci-fi movies of uh, very, very low budget, uh, very, very tough to watch and sit through. Um, but they had some really interesting ideas, and one of those ideas was also a similar kind of anti-RoboCop thing, and it takes a long time to get to the punchline and get set up, But what basically happens is, I guess, before Alex Murphy came to old Detroit or whatever, like, wherever his previous precinct was, he worked with some guy named, um, like, John Cable or something, you know. And I was like, what happened? But no, he he worked with some guy named Cable, right? And uh, Cable was a good cop. But they they tried to play it up a little bit like kind of training day-ish where he was a little hard line on the criminals, you know, more than than Alex Murphy was like, Alex Murphy's like, Oh, we're going to do things by the book and you can't do this and that. And John Cable's like, I'm going to shoot this motherfucker to save the day or whatever, you know? And kind of a loose cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like he, like he wasn't above like, you know, uh, you know, torturing some guy or, you know, shooting some guy in the foot to find out, you know, what the fuck the deal was with a kidnapped kid or something like that. And, And what's interesting is they do this whole scene where it's like, I think Alex Murphy gives up his gun or something to save somebody and, and do things, you know, heroically and by the book and he's about to get shot. And then I think Cable just blows the guy away and like saves his ass or something like that. So they set up like this backstory between these guys and, you know, of course in the prime directives thing, it's like, I don't know, 10 years after the events of like RoboCop or whatever. So like RoboCop's like clunky and sort of on the outs and, you know, it was almost going to be put away in the mothballs and all this other kind of stuff. But this guy Cable is still, you know, out there whatever and basically the way they set it up is they kind of bring back that i guess differences between those two characters and he ends up becoming like i guess you know for lack of a better word he becomes like robo cable or something like so he becomes like this upgraded version of robocop because like his ex-wife is like one of the doctor scientist evil bitches at ocp or whatever you know so it's sort of Tweaks into that, like I said, it, it's kind of tough to sit through. But w- I thought it was an interesting idea, at least. You know, like the execution of it might not have been like super great, but yeah. you know, once they were you get, trying, it, yeah, once you get to it, it was like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. He is kind of this guy, you know, Cable. You know, it was kind of the anti RoboCop that you were was talking it about a good design and stuff. Do you look, cool? uh, it's like he's he's um he looks kind of like RoboCop, except for kind of like m- maybe more like, dark and purplish, I guess, is the huh. best way to describe it. Like, you know, here, well, I, what I can do, I guess, I don't know if there's that many pictures of it. You know but... what they
0: probably did? They probably, because th- if I'm, unless I'm wrong, I could be completely wrong. And I'm pretty sure for, like, most of the TV shows and, like, <clears throat> sci-fi movies, they used the original RoboCop armor or the the basic mold for that. And I think for RoboCop 2, maybe they used that, because RoboCop 2 was, like, a really darkish, purplish-blue. Okay. Like the, the not Robocop two but the the Alex Murphy Armor Armor four Robocop two. Like I said I could be completely wrong though, because I don't know if they saved that shit or not or if they just like, you know, melted it down, because it's mostly fiberglass and shit.
1: Anyway, I just thought that was a tangent worth worth going into, you know, that, that sorta we could talk about, but you know, we don't have to talk about the entire series, you know, but but just the idea that there were some there were there were some interesting ideas in that prime directive thing, like basically uh they also kind of bring back, like, the idea of, like, they since it's, like, set so far in the future, like, they have Murphy's son, but, like, now Murphy's son is, like, a high-ranking executive at OCP.
0: Yeah, because he'd but, probably be in his 20s or something now, right? Yeah, sure. so he's,
1: like, in his 20s, right? But how is he such a high-ranking exec even at that young age is because, like, Murphy constantly, like, hacks the databases and, like, hooks <laughs> up his son. Like so, I I just I thought all that was like interesting ideas, but when you watch the the movies, they're like really really low budget sci-fi movies, like like Black Scorpion low budget, like Roger Corman low budget, you know. So it's like. <laughs> It's it's just really hard to get through, like like it, it's like Star Wars Holiday Special, like hard to get through or Legends like, of the, like, is
0: all of New Detroit, like all green screen as far as anything that's like you know. No,
1: no, no. It's it's like they, you know, like I, I know I was joking before about you know you know the you know morality of superheroes killing and not killing before we got on the show, but like I always laugh about like the say the Robocop TV show that was shot in Canada. It's like there's not a lot of killing on that show because it's a TV show, right, and for certain audiences at a certain time of day. But also, like I'm laughing about with you guys, you know, they don't have the money for the squibs or they don't have the money for the explosions or whatever. It's not within their budget. They can only shoot a gun so much, you know what I mean, or or otherwise it goes out of budget. Well, on the sci-fi ones, like the budget's so low that a plot point is that OCP is retiring guns, Like, the cops can't use guns. Like, they have to use, like, standard issue tasers or something. And meanwhile, like, the bad guys all, of course, have high artillery weapons and are blowing the shit out of the cops. So it's like the cops are like, well, if you come out nicely, we will, like, mace you. And the, the bad guys are like, fuck you, and they blow up their car or something like that. So it's like then Robocop has to come in and, like, use his, you know, whatever, his custom Beretta or whatever the hell it is, you know, and stuff like that. But it's like he barely gets a chance to fire it because it's like the the series is just so incredibly low budget.
0: God, Derek, it's called an auto-mag.
1: <laughs> yes, okay.
0: <laughs> Sorry, had to be all fan <laughs> there for a minute. Yeah, I haven't seen... I, I, I saw some of the... Uh, I guess to go into uh, another uh, part of the uh, Robocop mythos, I haven't really seen a lot of the uh, sci-fi ones, but I have
1: seen... I'd say probably yep. like two
0: or three of the uh, the ongoing TV show that
1: was on. yeah for- yeah I remember when that was on yeah
0: yeah we were we were joking about some of the villains and that there
1: were there was like like Derek but, says you, you you know Robocop couldn't kill the villains so they became like reoccurring villains so they were all like Dick Tracy villains and shit right like yeah.
0: Buttface Face. and Pudface was great because he had really bad uh, prosthetic makeup and he ba- he basically <laughs> basically supposed to be ugly and he was I'll give him that. And Pudface
2: Morgan urges Robo Twerp to get out of my face.
1: But yeah, well, he yeah. kind of he kind of looked like like he was kind of a takeoff of what what that one guy you know the guy who gets hit, you know I'd buy that for a dollar the guy who gets hit by the car and splatters all over the car like yeah. it looked like Pudface was like a take on that guy if he hadn't like deteriorated like if his face yeah. was smudgy or something you know yeah it was so. all bulbousy and you know like boiled up and some of that, and, like,
0: that that show, I really don't have a lot to say about that, because it, it was also pretty bad, it was probably pretty low budget, I, I want to say, I could be wrong, but I think the uh, guy who played RoboCop in RoboCop 3, because Peter Weller was gone after RoboCop 2, he did the first two, and then he was yeah, gone. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, RoboCop 3, I guess I gotta look it up, because I don't know who played him in that, but yeah. you were gonna say it's the same guy?
0: I think he did the TV show too. I don't think he did the sci-fi ones, but I think he did RoboCop three, and I think he did the ongoing TV show.
1: Uh, It says here that Robert John Burke was in RoboCop three, and then it's a different guy on the TV series. Okay, okay, I remember. I wasn't sure. let me see. Richard Eden was Robocop in the TV series. I think, you know, like the the TV series, like, OK, the, the violence is way toned down. Like, so if you're expecting the level of violence that's in the movies, like that's definitely not in that TV series. Um, I think some of the moments, though, with Robocop, like some of that pathos that we were talking about before with with the fact that he's a man that isn't really a man anymore and that kind of thing. And what does that mean? Like, I think there's still like some good moments like that where like, I think there was this one, like it was a goofy ass episode where like guys are like stealing lungs and stuff. And the whole thing is like the black market lungs are worth like tons of money or something. So these guys break (laughs) into a hospital and steal lungs. And of course there's like this cute little kid like, needs the fucking lungs and all this bullshit, right? So it's like, oh, you've got to feel bad for the kid, and he needs the lungs to live and everything. But, you know, RoboCop's there, and he walks in. I think the kid says something to him, like, um, you know, uh, I think RoboCop's like, how are you? You know, how do you feel? And the kid's like, yeah, I'm a little tired, but, you know, I feel kind of, you know, I, I just want to feel normal again. You know, I feel like, you know, like crap, because my lungs don't work. Like, I just want to feel like a normal person again. And, and and uh robocop just kind of takes his hand well i guess he doesn't take his whole hand because he'd probably crush it but it's like it's like he touches him with like his finger or something you know so he doesn't like crush the little kid's hand he's kind like,
0: of like that's what i feel
1: normal
2: i feel bad for you <laughs> oh no Ro- robocop engage sympathy mode
1: <laughs> no more hugging no more hugging um No, um, but, you know, no, just to be serious, though, for a minute, it's like RoboCop, you know, basically says, I know, you know, I know what it's like to want to feel normal. And you're just like, whoa, that is kind of, you know, heavy from from him to this kid, because it's like the kid doesn't have working lungs, but RoboCop doesn't fucking even have any lungs. You know, so like, you know, I, I still think some of those moments were were pretty interesting in the, the series. And then the other thing I thought was worth mentioning maybe to Mike was, you remember when I had you watch Rescue Me? Yes. Remember uh, uh, Dennis Leary's wife in that, the blonde? Oh, yeah. Like, she's in the this RoboCop TV series, but it's funny because she's like this, this MacGuffin-like Ethernet internet lady or whatever. It's like, I, I forget how she gets to be that character like i think she's like a doctor or a scientist or something and somehow she gets killed and she gets uploaded in the computer or something dumb like that (laughs) but basically like for the rest of the series it's like anytime robocop needs something she's like oracle or something it's like robocop's like i can't access this like address because it violates ocp bullshit like can you go get this for me and she's like oh alex you're a card and she like just vanishes into like The computer or something comes back like it's at like twenty five twenty five mcguffin Street you know and it's like thank you you know and and shit like that but I just thought that was kind of interesting because I was like oh she's paying her bones way back then or whatever.
0: Oh, just to throw in a uh, quote when you're talking about like the the whole thing about how RoboCop does have like moments of feeling and stuff that reminds me of the first movie where they they go through all the shit and they're getting ready to go to uh, OCP headquarters. And they just beat Boddicker and stuff. And Lewis is in this, like, puddle and stuff. And she's been, she's gone through hell. She's like, Murphy, I'm a mess. And, like, Robocop's like, don't worry. They'll fix you. They fix
1: everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like, aww.
1: <laughs> but anyway. Well, do we want to, like, speaking of, I guess, Frank Miller, and, and, and I guess we haven't touched on the third movie yet. But, uh, I always thought that felt like more like Frank Miller to me than the second movie. Like I, I don't know if, I don't know how this, you know, script breakdown or draft breakdown went or whatever. Like maybe if RoboCop three was like a third or fourth draft or something, you know, but, (laughs) but it's just like the little girl that hacks the ed two Oh nines and the the Japanese robo ninjas and all that shit. Like that was always like, I was like, this feels more like Frank Miller to me than the second movie. So I always kind of, I always kind of enjoyed the third movie a little bit more, um, just based on that. But I don't know what your guys' thoughts on the third movie are.
0: Well, by the time they got to three, it was really funny, because it was supposed to be lower budget, obviously. Um, I want, I don't, I think it had a, did it have a theatrical release?
1: Yeah, yeah, three, three was in the theaters. I remember not seeing it because I hated RoboCop two so much. And a couple yeah, people, I don't think like, I did, a, a couple people were like, "Dude, no, it's good. You should see it." And I don't think I watched it until you know maybe it was released on home video or something. But when I finally did, I was like, "Hey, this isn't you know." I go, "I was wrong. Like I, I didn't want to watch it at all." And uh, and I when I finally saw it, I was like, "This is this is not so bad." And and it became one of my, I guess you know, default fun favorite movies to watch you know along you know i i think let me put it this way did i buy robocop 2 on dvd obviously not did i get the first movie and the third movie on dvd i did so that that's kind of you know yeah, my say though, it,
0: was like, it was pretty impressive that even though it, it it had moments where you could tell the budget was lower and that they you know didn't have the money to dump into it but they still did really good i thought with like the special effects and how they did their shots and how? I mean, it looked it, it looked more like RoboCop One than RoboCop Two looked like RoboCop One. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the the low budget type stuff you could see was like when they wanted to have the one actor who played the Robo Ninja. Like when they wanted to have two of them, they just had like RoboCop crack one of their faces.
2: Yeah, so like it then you could face. see
1: like the real actor and a guy with like a, a mask of the cracked face or something. So it's like it wasn't quite you know, you know, super you know split-screen technology or anything. They just kind of did what they did. But, um I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And, of course, I like the big punchline with, you know, RoboCop wearing his, like, jet pack that he had in the RoboCop versus Terminator comics and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you... Did you ever see RoboCop 3, Mike? No, I've never seen the Oh, uh, okay. So, I guess, spoilers. Like, RoboCop <laughs> gets a fucking jet pack at the end and he kicks ass. But, uh, you know... So that's pretty much, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I think I feel pretty good about what we talked about with Robocop, unless anybody has anything else to, uh, to add.
2: Wait, you're not gonna bring up Alpha Commando? Go, go, oh god. Robocop! 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 Yeah! Oh yeah! Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah he I had fucking hate Alpha Commando. Don't watch it. That's what I'm going to say about it. I will say, I
0: understand where they were coming from, though, because they were totally, totally, totally trying to ape the whole DC Universe kind of uh, look, with, like, the broad shoulders and the skinny legs. And I, to- I always
1: thought, like, like I, I swear, when I first saw it, because I, I, it was nothing I watched on TV. It was something I discovered. I went, there's another Robocop cartoon. And when I finally watched it, I was like, this looks like Ed McGinnis designed RoboCop. Like, that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Like, not, not Bruce Tim, not DC Animated or anything like that. Like, it looked like Ed McGinnis did RoboCop. So, I like, I looked in the credits. I looked on IMDb. I'm all, no, he's na- his name has to be on here. Like, <laughs> it has to be designed by Ed McGinnis. And I guess it wasn't. But, man, that RoboCop, like, looks like it's designed by Ed McGinnis. Yeah. When,
0: when I made a joke about GoGo Gadget RoboCop, uh... Just to let the fans know, if you, for some reason, want to watch this show, you'll be thrilled to the things of seeing RoboCop have skis come out of
1: his feet or rollerblades. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's got, yeah. <laughs> he's got you know, uh, like, I, I do my Dr. Archiville
0: roller skates,
1: you know, like, <laughs> like, all that kind of stuff, where you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, are you fucking serious? Yeah.
2: I don't remember, like, I remember watching it, like, before school and stuff and thinking, like, oh, this is okay. Like, you know, like, just, like, nothing, like, offensive or anything. I think I remember tuning into it because, like, um, what do you call, like, during the time, like, Beast Wars Season 3 was, like, airing, like, I read an uh, interview with uh, David Soboloff, who does, who did Depth Charge in, in Beast Wars and more recently does Shockwave on Transformers Prime. But he he does the voice of RoboCop in that show, and he was like kind of pimping that show out. Okay. So I was like, okay, well if he if Depth Charge tells me to watch it, you know, <laughs> I better do it. You know. Take it, take it straight Whoa. to the pit, you sickening piece of slay. so like I I, I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is okay. So I I mean I i don't I don't have a major like issue with well, it again, or, like, I think
0: Mike, I guess it's, like, i I think it's the age range me and my me and Derek are older, so by the time it hit we yeah, were we
1: were we were like grumpy out of college guys like <laughs> yeah. eating popcorn and having take out pizza going what the fuck is this like yeah. you know. see my fucking Robocop <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> getting all surly and stuff um I was gonna mention one more comic before uh we go on though since we were delving into comics earlier and I know both of you guys have read these um probably one of my favorite robocop comics of all time was the crossover of uh Robocop versus Terminator which i thought was oh, really
1: yeah. good yeah no the, we we were just talking about how uh how uh you know he wears the jetpack in in Robocop 3 so like i was thinking about that cuz he he wears that again i think in the in the Robocop versus Terminator too cuz that's also a Frank Miller
0: yeah, it's a Frank Miller joint, written you know.
1: thing with with Walt Simonson on the art. So the both two big name comic book uh, creators on that on that Dark Horse comic. So yeah, yeah.
2: He used, he used the jetpack all the time in Alpha Commando. Oh yeah, well. <laughs> <It's>, it... <laughs> yeah, that you know you know what count. he did. He also he also like took
1: off from a runway with his fucking roller skates. So there. <laughs> Yeah, like
0: a grappling hook. Arm. Uh, <laughs> damn it, Mike. He's uh, like
1: it's like ice cream cone? He's like He's <laughs> <laughs> got like a blender <laughs> or something. I don't
0: know. I'm really surprised he did have Did he have springy legs? He probably had springy legs.
2: I probably didn't see the episode But gadget
1: Go-go-robo
2: Go-go-robo Springy legs, legs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man.
0: Um, I, I know at some point you guys want to probably talk about a little bit about the – the, the well, probably by this time when this comes out, the the new movie. But I did want to mention real quick, um, Derek was talking about the Kinder Toys earlier with the uh, RoboCop and the Ultra Police line and everything like that. Right now, as we're talking, it's going to be out for a couple months by the time this this hits. But uh, Hot Toys is doing a line of RoboCop figures, and holy shit, they're awesome. Yeah, um, those
1: the- – uh, it seemed like everybody was all excited about that. Is it a whole line or is it just RoboCop? Uh,
0: there's a, a, there's Ed Two Hundred Nine and RoboCop.
1: Oh okay okay. So,
0: I don't know if there's going to be a Dick Jones or but.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I want I want a fifteen hundred dollar Dick Jones with uh, Ronnie Cox authentic likeness. That's what I <laughs> yeah,
0: that is the downside. I don't know if our uh, fans are aware of Hot Toys. They make high end collectibles, and while they are really nice, they are on the pricey side. So.
1: Well, I guess, I guess as an alternative, um, you know, I don't know, I've heard, I've heard varying reviews, but if you like the whole six inch action figure type stuff, um, there's the, also the import Japanese thing, the Figma line. And they made a RoboCop figure as well. Uh, the only feedback I heard from from our fellow bot talker Mike Prime was that he, he wasn't that happy with the face because he thought it looked a little too anime or you know maybe you know more cartoony than you know maybe you know if you're expecting it to look like Peter Weller or something. I guess it's not going to look like that. But th- that is a six inch line that would fit with maybe you know if other people had six inch collections or something like that. I was thinking maybe I'd. I'd look into that. You
0: know, so. Well, I know NECA and McFarlane have also made their versions. Uh, oh. I don't know about the quality or how good they are. I know McFarlane is notorious for having articulation that doesn't
2: flip and work, so...
1: Plastic statues, my friend. Plastic yep. statues. Yep.
2: You gotta get them all pigeon-toed to stand up. Yeah, so... Uh, but NECA usually has pretty good stuff, so you might want to check that out, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe if you like NECA, get a Robocop NECA figure. <laughs> get him <'em> NECA. <laughs>
2: One last thing I wanted to mention, because uh, Tony mentioned it in a show from long ago. I did look up, because uh, I was curious, I did look up the time RoboCop showed up to help Sting in a WCW <laughs> match. Oh, really? Was yeah. Wasn't that great? That was, that was pretty funny. That was like random ass like shit ever. Like, who can save Sting? And then RoboCop just walks out. Who was yeah.
1: who who kicking Sting's ass that RoboCop had to save him?
2: Oh, uh, the Four uh, Horsemen.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Who was were just that, wrestlers? I actually didn't look, but was that Peter Weller? or I, I don't, don't
0: know. know. Um, I know it was... The main reason they did it is because it was a summer pay-per-view or a summer wrestling event, and they were pimping out RoboCop 2. I know it was during RoboCop 2.
1: Oh, okay. So it was sort of like a promotional tie-in for like, yeah. the movies as well? Yeah.
0: So I don't know if it was actually Weller or not, because he didn't talk. All RoboCop flipping dead. Mike can tell you since he probably watched the video. Is Sting gets locked into a cage. Cage being the <laughs> operative word here. I don't know if you really call it that. RoboCop ambles slowly out as he does, <laughs> and looks at the cage. Looks at the bad guys in the ring who are freaking out but not doing anything. They're like <laughs> they're all scared of RoboCop. They're like what? What the
2: hell is going on?
0: Like,
2: <laughs> like what is he doing?
0: <laughs> don't do anything to stop him. But what is he doing? <laughs> And uh, Robocop proceeds to save the day, again, let's put those friggin' air quotes up there, by pulling the cage door off the the cage, and setting Sting free, so he can pretty much go and stare down the four horsemen and be
2: like, I'm free now!
1: Woo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then RoboCop looked at the audience and said, uh, "Go see RoboCop two <laughs> in theaters now." Your move,
1: RoboCop.
0: RoboCop is also a series of movies from New Line Cinema. <laughs> oh god, that was pretty bad. It, it,
2: but you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Like he's, not... like he's like he's like Sting promised to pay me in baby food. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's uh, you know what, I'm not going to lie though, because I saw that when I was a kid. I actually saw that wrestling event, not live, I saw it on TV, and I'm not going to lie, I was I was like, yeah, RoboCop, woo! I mean, I was really young. <laughs> like,
1: that's Go fun.
0: RoboCop, walk slowly.
1: But, you know. Cool, well...
0: It, I, that I, was I my know. Alpha Commander moment, that's what it
1: was. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, maybe he would have gone faster if he had the roller skates. Maybe I've been wrong this whole time. <laughs> um... But, yeah, I guess so. I, I'm thinking that probably wraps this up for Robocop. Um, this was fun talking about, and uh, hopefully uh, you know there are some of you out there who are maybe enjoying the uh, reimagining remake, you know, as we speak. and uh, and if you haven't heard of any of this stuff, um, I'm sure there's like trade paperbacks you can get of some of the comic book type stuff and uh and you know all the different films and TV series and things like that we'll put some stuff down on the spindle i don't think alpha commando is on dvd but i'm pretty sure you can watch it for free on hulu if you're interested in just taking a look and you know making up your your mind for yourself you know you don't have to listen to me or mike you know you can check it out and make your own uh, make your own decisions you know that's how it works i like it um, so yeah, but I guess uh, I guess we'll move on to our awesome thing of the week. I guess I'll start real quick. Um, you know, these these bastards have got me hooked on more fucking plastic crack, and uh, <laughs> I've been buying Marvel Legends lately. But uh, this isn't uh, uh, an awesome thing for one thing in particular. It's just I, I didn't know that you could get stuff from HasbroToyShop.com, dot com, and so this is kind of my awesome thing is just that that I did have an order through HasbroToyShop.com. you know i spent over fifty dollars so i got the free shipping so all the guys were you know the standard retail of like you know fourteen ninety nine a piece and you know that was it um no additional you know costs other than you know fruity taxes and stuff like that so you know no shipping and all that attached to it and then uh, when they sent me the order i also got a uh, a coupon for you know fifteen percent off on my next order so when I, I saw that uh, Thunderball was in stock and I bought a couple more guys, then, uh, you know, they basically did the same thing again. I got 15% off that order. So something that was like, you know, I don't know, it was like 100 something bucks or whatever, you know, it came out to be like, you know, 92 bucks. So it kind of, you know, it paid the tax, but, you know, it was a good deal. So anyway, I, um you know, I, I just figured, you know, I guess people who are in the know probably already know about it, but I didn't know about it. So that was my kind of awesome thing or whatever.
0: I was going to ask you when you uh, were talking about that, Derek. Can you get uh, baths just
1: like solo? Not from Hasbro toy shop. I know like, Maddie does that, so I wasn't sure. They're if... they're the they're the actual you know like packaged items or whatever. Like I mean, I guess if you just want to buy one figure, it might not be economical because you know you're you're you'll have to pay whatever their shipping charge is. You know the nine or ten bucks or something like that. But if you if you've got you know you know three or four guys you want, you know, like then, then, you know, you get the free shipping and, you know, and if they keep sending me coupons, I'll keep buying stuff from, them, you know, okay, right? cool.
0: so, I just knew, I knew Mattel's uh, toy shop, they uh, would offer baths every now and then. So I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, yeah. CNCs for them. So I mess up copyrights.
1: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, so that was my awesome thing. What about you, Tony? What's uh what's awesome in your world?
0: Uh, my awesome thing is probably going to sound stupid, but I don't care. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I was cruising Walmart uh, this past week, and I got a couple of cool toys. Uh, but that's actually not my awesome thing. My awesome thing was I uh, am an 80s child. I Pretty much that's when I was growing up and watching my stuff. And I happened to see on a DVD collection the Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, and Mirror Mask, which is all Jim Henson stuff. And it was all on one collection, two discs, and hell yeah, I snapped that up. It was like nine bucks. Um, love me some Labyrinth, love me some Dark Crystal, and Mirror Mask was... It was all right. I've already seen it. It was pretty good. So I decided to get all three of those. Um, I lost my Mirror I'm Mask. Only,
1: I'm only like, familiar with Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. What's Mirror Mask? Uh,
0: Mirror Mask was actually a later movie. of. Uh, I guess they just put it on there because Jim, Henson Jim Henson's company did some work for it. I think it was released in the two thousands, thousands oh, or whatever. Okay. Um, but it's uh, written by uh, Neil Gaiman, and the oh, uh, work, okay. it, yeah, yeah, and the uh, visual style is. Oh, uh, uh, his name escapes me, but this guy who who did like a lot of the art for Sandman. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that guy. But uh, it's not a bad, it's not a bad story. It's pretty cool. Um, I don't know, yeah. the, the,
1: when, when you say Sandman, I know he only did like a couple issues, but all I can think of is like Sam Keith, but I'm sure it's it's the guy who was after Sam Keith. Yeah, That's I like, think well. it's the
0: guy who did the covers. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I, I, I can look it up on, I can look on the DVD disc. File.
1: Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll ask Mike what his awesome thing of the week is in the meantime.
2: A couple of zombie-related things. Uh, I've been... Re- like, I saw World War Z, the movie, the other week, but I've been reading the book this past week, and uh, it's a lot better than the movie, clearly. Um, and, you know, I've just been... it's 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 been an entertaining read, so... Uh Justin's not here, so I feel obligated to say a book. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, but no, that's cool. and then uh the the other thing I just wanted to mention was um I played the uh Walking Dead game expansion four hundred days.
1: Oh, oh, how's th- that? That's pretty good.
2: It, what do you call it? It's basically, like, another, like, two-hour episode, but you get, like, five stories you have to go through with, like, five different characters, and there's more, like, uh, like choices that aren't really choices, as, as you were fond of describing yeah, it, Derek. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, you know, shoot this guy in the face, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. Oh, you didn't turn the safety off that we didn't like tell you about, you know? I was like, Son of a bitch, come on!" You know?
0: <laughs> She's got a
2: face. Just kidding. Uh, oh well. Yeah, but if bring was... Cupcake Joe with you to the shed, you know? yeah, exactly, Cupcake <laughs> <laughs> Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it, it's still fun. It's still I really enjoy that man that uh type of game, and you know I look forward to the second season of that that game show or you know whatever it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's uh, Dave McKean, by the way.
1: Dave McKean. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, if you want to check it out, it's 9 bucks. So, anyway, back and back.
1: <laughs> cool.
0: I'm
2: um, all set. All
1: right. Well, then, I guess that wraps us up. Uh, so, yeah, check out uh, RoboCop stuff if you like RoboCop. And uh, if you like listening to FanHoles podcast, um, we are, you know, we've got our own blog spot. You could follow us on the Twitter, the Facebook. Um, again, we appreciate all the uh, comments and likes and everything. Uh, you can send us any emails at, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, you can look at some cool photos and pictures that, uh, Tony Jackson drew on the, uh, Tumblr and, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it, man. So, uh, until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC
2: signing off. Mike Thunder.
0: This is Tony and I'm giving a shout out to our good friend, uh, Justin Grimlock who, Just really didn't want to talk about Alpha Commando this week.
2: (laughs) He hates hates roller skates with a passion. Well, all I can say to that is, bitches, leave. (laughs) Peace. for your cooperation. I'm not hungry.
1: (laughs) Gotta save that baby food. Gotta stockpile it. Stockpile that shit up, man.
2: You never
1: know when you're gonna be in a jam and, like, in the middle of, like, a muddy puddle and need some baby food.
0: I was actually kind of upset they dropped that in, like, RoboCop 2 and 3. He didn't need his fucking baby food.
1: They didn't eat his baby food. Where is the baby food in Alpha Commando? Unacceptable.
2: <laughs> he had like a baby food like bear hat in Alpha Commando. That, like, it's like yeah, the beer baby. the beer
1: helmet like instead yeah. of like baby food instead of beer.
2: <laughs> it's like a straw on either side of his mouth. There's like Robo like, Cup baby food. Robo Cup. It's Eat like, and the food, bro.
0: oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. like,
2: where is Protoform X? <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy
0: that for a dollar. I-